in the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. How are you today? You're listening to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast that urges you to press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us all heavenward in Christ Jesus. It's been rather chilly in northern Minnesota lately, and really all of the northern Midwest in the last few weeks. As I rode home this morning on my trusty two-wheeled steed, the mercury on the signpost that I passed daily said, minus 26 Fahrenheit. It made me think of my time at Eielson Air Force Base, where I went through polar survival training as part of my qualification to fly helicopters in Alaska. Although it was 20 degrees warmer this morning, there's a certain point at which it doesn't really matter. It's just cold. What it reminded me of, though, is survival. What do we need to survive? Well, shelter, water, and food. There are a bunch of other items on that long list for the long term, but those are the big ones. Without food, allegedly, one could live for about a month without eating. Although at these temperatures, one would no doubt burn through their reserves much faster. And we can live for about three days without water. But again, anyone who lives here all the time will tell you that you go through water much faster when it's cold like this. Well, what about shelter? At these temperatures, even a gentle breeze on exposed skin will start to frostbite in 10 to 30 minutes. So maybe you have a few hours before extreme hypothermia starts to take you to the point of no recovery. It's rather morbid for a podcast that makes jokes about Viking pizza axes, isn't it? Why would I talk about this stuff? Well, how long can you survive without the Word of God? How long could you survive without fellow believers to boo you up through the hard times? Sure, maybe you could go through your entire life without reading the Bible, or going to church or Bible study, and still wake up looking like Brad Pitt in the mirror every morning. But how is your soul? Is it starving? Is it freezing to death? Is your faith so parched that it can't even speak to another soul? Your soul needs the word like your body needs shelter, water, and food to survive. We live in a cold world. Don't refuse Jesus in your quest for survival. He is the only way you're going to make it out of here alive. Pastor Allard will be presenting our devotion today, a sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1-10. through 10. I'd encourage you to grab your Bibles as we go through it. May God bless you abundantly, well beyond just survival, through His Word. The Word of God before us comes from our first lesson. We read a section from 1 Samuel chapter 3. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So far the word. The days of the judges. What days those were. 
And we are told more than once in the days of the judges that in those days Israel had no king and everybody did as they saw fit. We briefly spoke of this a few weeks ago, that in the days of the judges, everybody did as they saw fit. And think of those days. We might say as red, white, and blue-blooded Americans, yeah, freedom, no king, think of it. And there was the days of Judge Deborah and Barak, who had a great hand in taking down the evil enemy commander of the army, Sisera. Of course, the woman Yael also had a big part of that too. Those were the days. And there was also the days of Gideon, who was called a mighty warrior by the angel of the Lord. And he went on to fight the enemies of God with just 300 men against a vastly superior force, and they won. And then there was Samson. I mean, are you kidding me? With that guy's strength, ripping the gates out of the walls of a city and running them to the top of a hill. It's almost laughable if it wasn't so serious that he's defending Israel. And then taking down an entire temple with one push and killing thousands of the enemy Philistines in one moment. All of these days, again, we would say, freedom, wow. But then, now that I think of it, there was also Judge Jephthah who made that vow before he fought the enemies of Israel in his day, he said, Lord, if you give me the victory, the first thing that walks out of the front door of my house, I will sacrifice. And it was his daughter. And he sacrificed her. That's right. That was the days of the judges. And then there was the Levite uh, who worked amongst the tabernacle who had a concubine that already doesn't equate. And what happened to his concubine is so gruesome, it can compete with some of the worst things you'll hear in the news. And then the result of that was a civil war where the tribes of Israel almost wiped out all the men of the tribe of Benjamin. And we see this, these cycles of idolatry, this recurring cycle of apostasy, of walking away from the true God, and then foreign invaders coming and oppressing the people of Israel. Yeah, go freedom. Yay. No king. When you hear all these things, I want you to think of this, because this is the context, this is the very historical context that the boy, Samuel, came at the very end as the last judge in that long line of judges, And yet in the middle of these crazy times, and sorry to say it, even when they got a king, the times wouldn't get much better. But in all of this chaos, we are going to see God send out his call. And we're going to say it again. That call is a kindness. Allow me to read the first verse of our lesson once again. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. I might say those words again. Yay, freedom. God's not getting in our face. The word of the Lord is rare. Let me ask it or put it before you another way. If you had no parents... 
Yay, freedom. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. Your parents gave you life, and they raise you, and they feed you, and they wipe your butt, and all those things. But they don't get in your face and tell you what to do. Yeah. Now, that sounds like my kind of parents. Or what if there was not one policeman or woman in this entire country? Finally. Finally. I don't have to have somebody. I'm going four miles over the speed limit down Minnetonka Boulevard, and he pulls me over, and I'm like, officer, you have nothing better to do today than to get me, really, in this whole city. Finally. Right? If we could just get rid of them. And my goodness, if we could get rid of the politicians and the president, what, that would take care of probably 99% of corruption in this world. At least that's the way the news makes it feel. And if we could do the masterstroke of just getting rid of God, finally, freedom. Don't forget. If the devil was standing in front of us this morning, he would tell you he is the first best freedom fighter for humanity, is what he would tell you. Be aware of that temptation. And thank God that he has given us the eyes to see that what I just said was madness. It was madness. You think of the days that would come right after this when Samuel would anoint two kings, the first king of Israel, Saul, and Saul spent so much of his kingship ignoring God that finally at the end of his life, when he was seeking the guidance of God, God would not speak to him. No matter how much Saul pleaded, God refused to speak with him. Wow. And then the very next king that Samuel would anoint, David, who was not perfect, but he would repent. In that way, he was a man after God's own heart. And so God gifted David with people like the prophet Nathan, who would come and correct him and rebuke him. Now, we know the solution that the world has for correcting and rebuking. It is this. If we could just get rid of all judgment, all criteria, no discernment, no concept of guilt. Let's take that right out of the English language. And my goodness, whoever that person is in the room who's correcting somebody else, put them out. And we'll have utopia. Again, we understand so readily. If you get a wound to your body, you fix it. I remember walking into a, an emergency room several years ago in Fort Martin, Colorado. A fellow Wells pastor had rolled his vehicle off the highway, and his scalp was just right off his head. And I was not ready for that, and I gasped when I came in. And the doctor looked at me and went, don't. I'm working on getting glass out from under his scalp right now. So, not one of my shining moments. But... How readily we understand. All the glass from that car accident, of course it has to be taken out. If you don't, it's going to get worse. It'll fester. Something so simple, and yet, how readily do we apply that to the wounds here? There is a reason that the word of the Lord was rare, not just to all of Israel, but even 
Eli was not expecting the word of the Lord anymore. Did you catch that? He was not expecting it. Because the word of the Lord was not coming to the priest himself. I can hazard one guess because scripture provides it. It's because Eli's sons were scoundrels. And that's not me exaggerating. That's pulling words right out of scripture. They served at the tabernacle of God and were abusing that position in more than one way. And Eli was just talking to his sons about it and not stopping them. Eli was not getting guidance from the Lord anymore. God was not speaking with him. But out of all the people of Israel, God comes to a boy. Again, I'm going to hazard a guess based on Scripture. The psalmist, totally different part of Scripture, says this, Psalm 119. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I'm going to guess Samuel was listening. The boy was listening to his God. And so God spoke. Dear friends, as we think about this, Samuel the boy would grow up. Nobody stays the same. And he would be the first, this is the first time it's mentioned in Scripture, he would found the school of the prophets, which would be a check and balance for the kingship, which would soon be formed. But the greatest thing is, God finally returning and speaking to his people through Samuel was a gift. God returning And giving his words was a kindness to his people, Israel. So I want to put before you this idea of a rarity of the word. What if that happened today? What would that look like in the United States of America if there was a famine of the word? And allow me to read where scripture speaks of this, where the word of the Lord is rare. It's described in Amos chapter 8. It says, the days are coming when I will send a famine throughout the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. And people will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord. But they will not find it. What would such a famine, a rarity of the word, look like in the United States? Well, don't be surprised if it could actually be the obvious It could actually be Christian churches being burned down, vandalized. It could be both pastors and lay people alike being jailed or disappeared. But it could also be something more insidious. It could be where there's plenty of buildings with crosses on top and plenty of preachers, but those preachers don't speak truth. And they don't speak it consistently, and they much less live that truth in their lives. And the people of God, God hands them over to their sin, and people who were once Christians but walked away from the truth, God now closes their hearts so that every time they hear the word, they no longer can respond. That is a famine of the word, too. Having the truth, but letting it go. But no... Pray for this miracle, and it is a miracle. Be assured, brothers and sisters, ask for the miracle to be able to say, Speak, Lord. Do not walk away. Go with us in this journey of life. Speak. And how God wants to speak to us. 
In the Garden of Eden, we may have gotten just the littlest glimpse of what he wanted. When it says that in the cool of the day, the Lord was walking through the garden as if, as if, just like in the ministry of Jesus Christ, he would just walk like a human being, like somebody we understand and can grasp, and walk and talk with us. What a thing. This is what our God wants. And we see it directly when God wanted to speak to Samuel. What an easy example of what God wants. And the creator of the universe, this is, there's almost humor in this. The creator of the universe, all powerful, saying Samuel, and then the boy runs off. And God waits. And then he speaks to him a second time. He says, Samuel. And then the boy runs off again, and God's there and saying to himself, okay, go up. there he goes again. I'll wait. And God so patiently waits for that boy to come back from Eli. And there he is. He's coming back into the room. And once again, the all-powerful God of the universe says, Samuel. And finally, the boy responds. This is what God wants. And when Samuel says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, could Samuel safely, perfectly safely say that to anybody else in the world? Could he say it to Eli? The the one who wasn't keeping his scoundrel sons in check? Could he say it to the sons of Eli? Of course not. Could he say it to anybody else and be perfectly safe? But with God, yes. The God who is willing to die. The way he died. Yes. And then comes the miracle. How God is received when he speaks to us matters, doesn't it? And listen to what he does. He doesn't just say, my son died on the cross for you. He says, I'll even give you the power to trust that. This is what he does. Ezekiel 36. I will give you a new heart, and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That is what God did in Samuel. And Samuel was not perfect either. He was a sinner just like the rest of us. And for that wound of sin and the guilt that comes from it, only one thing can cure it. And it's found in Psalm 147 where it says, He heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. That's talking here. That's talking about our wounds in here. And God does it. He even gives us the power to receive him properly, the right way. Do you see it? God is kind. He shows kindness by calling us into a relationship with him, a relationship that is keeping us from the ravages that comes from here, from ourselves, and the ravages out in the world, the sinful world as well. And yes, it might be through the Bible now that God comes to us through his written word. Nevertheless, God's voice breaks through the noise of this world and calls each of us by name, calling each of us with a purpose that carries us beyond our limitations beyond the limitations that we impose on ourselves. And we respond. Respond. Be attuned 
to that gentle voice of God in his written word. Because when you read his word, when you're reading it, then you know how God speaks. When you read the word of God, then you know how he thinks. And you are more likely than to remain with him even when you're corrected. So as you go forth from this place, from Timothy Church out into the cold today, the cold Minnesota day, remember that the kindness of God's call is not just a moment. It is an ongoing invitation. It is an open invitation to walk with him. And as you do, to say it. Because we trust him now. To say. Speak. Lord. Your servant is listening. Amen. I sincerely pray that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Didn't get enough of God's Word? Are you missing out on that in-person fellowship? We hold divine services right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. We also live stream our Sunday Divine Service at 8 a.m. You can ensure that you are notified when a stream is live or a new podcast is available by subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's easy to find by typing in St. Mark Bemidji in the search bar and clicking on the subscribe button. Want to listen to meditations the way I do every day? Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Go to podcastindex.org and search for St. Mark Bemidji to find us. This is our fifth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarksbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarksbemidji.org. May God bless the rest of your day.